Our listener mailbag returns for a special show today as we answer all your questions ahead of the weekend. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena. Happy Friday to everybody. We made it through another week, big weekend ahead, and uh, an even bigger week coming up next week as the Giants kick off OTAs. That's right. Phase three of the offseason program begins next week. And we, of course, will be covering it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. But for today's show, we're bringing it back. No, not sexy back. They already brought sexy back, that they being the Giants. But we're bringing back our listener mailbag. Now, over the last several weeks, I've been doing mailbag segments here and there on the show when uh, time has allowed for it, when I've had openings on the show. Today, however, I want to do a complete mailbag for you. Um, I asked you for your questions and you were kind enough to send them in. So that is what we're going to do on today's program. I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. I want to thank those of you who sent in questions. And I especially want to give shout outs to my everydayers, people who listen to us every day, as well as some of our new people, all of our new people and everybody in between, because you all are very important to me and I appreciate it. And also coming up on today's podcast, I've got a special announcement that I'm going to make. I'm really excited about this. So stick around. You'll want to hear about it. I'll tell you about that coming up in just a bit. All right, let's get into your questions. And we are going to kick it off with some email questions received first. So this first one comes from Chris W., who has, um, let's see, he writes, do you think the Giants would be interested in bringing back Fabian Moreau? Um, as far as I know, he's still a free agent and I would love for Big Blue to bring him back. We don't know what Aaron Robinson will bring to the t- table this year and having Fabian as our third cornerback would be tremendous. Chris, thank you for the question. I do not think Fabian Moreau was being brought back. The Giants right now, if I had to take a guess, your outside starters are going to be Adore Jackson and Deontay Banks. The slot cornerback, I have a feeling that's going to be a competition between Aaron Robinson, Darnay Holmes, and Cordell Flott. Um, they have some other guys at cornerback. I believe they have Nick McLeod, who is back. Uh, they signed that uh, the, the kid from Detroit, Amani Orirari. Um, So no, Chris, I would be very, very surprised if they bring Fabian Moreau back. I like Fabian. I thought he did a decent job for them, but I don't think they're bringing them back. Sorry. I wish I could tell you otherwise, but not the case. All right. Um, let's see. This next question is via email. And this is from Richard. Let me see. Richard D, who actually commented on my podcast yesterday, in which I put together a um a uh, proposed contract for Saquon Barkley. And he goes, it, the crux of his email is. 
Regarding Saquon, you forgot to mention a very important fact when discussing the Giants pulling Saquon's prior offers. They were offered before the franchise tag date. They offered him more than they would have because they wanted him signed so they could use to tag in Jones's negotiation. Because Barkley didn't accept that offer, the Giants likely had to up their offer substantially to Jones. All right, Richard, I'm going to stop you right there. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. Daniel Jones was always the priority. The Giants did not want to have to use the franchise tag on Daniel Jones because it would have cost them a lot more than it would to franchise Saquon. You are correct when you said that the two offers were made prior to them putting the franchise tag on him. But Daniel really didn't have anything to do with it other than the fact that once they got Daniel under contract, they were able to then use that franchise tag on Saquon. So um, I'm sorry, that's that's just not, you know, that's incorrect thinking on your part as to how the sequence went. All right. Now, you go on to say there is no way they will use cap numbers of 8 million, 21 million and 21 million on Barkley when they can lock them up for 10 million and 12 million. The 20 million upfront bonus is reasonable, but I think you would be looking at two to three million salaries on top of that, not 12 million. Richard, again, that's not how this works. You have to start with a minimum for that is commensurate with where the player um, is in terms of the number of years experience. So I think in the contract that I presented on Thursday's show, that was the minimum for a player with six years of experience. Player with seven years of experience, it's going to go up and so on and so forth. So you have to at least do a minimum. But there's also the matter of you have to even out the money. So in other words, the reason why I went low with Saquon in the first year with the base salary is because he's getting 20 million up front in his signing bonus in my scenario. So in essence, he's getting 21 million in cash plus whatever other bonuses and stuff that I included in there. I forget, I don't have it in front of me. The following year, if you're only paying him 2 million and you know, there's no way he's going to take that. So, you know, with, with all due respect, Richard, you don't have it right with regards to what they should do with the, the cap, because you do have to adjust the number so that the APY is kind of, you know, consistent. And then here's the other thing that, that, you know, a lot of fans don't take into consideration. The team has to spend a certain percentage of its salary cap in order to meet um, a CBA requirement. I don't remember what the number is off the top of my head, but it's got to be spent. Otherwise, they're at risk at potentially being uh, penalized by the uh, NFLPA and Management Council. So, sorry, Richard. Um, the worst case scenario, like I said, Saquon plays on the franchise tag. But the best case scenario is he gets a multi-year deal. And I can guarantee you that the numbers that you have proposed in your email to me, they ain't happening, my friend. Sorry. It's just not going to happen. So, Okay, next question comes from JDJ, um, actually James DJ, <laughs> and uh, he writes, of the 2022 draft class, who do you think will make the biggest jump from year one to year two? My money is on Kayvon. He showed a lot of flashes last year, and I think he'll come to camp more comfortable with the scheme. You know what, James? I would agree with that, but I'm also kind of hoping that Evan Neal makes the biggest jump because, you know, with Kayvon, the way I see it, Kayvon showed flashes last year and I was encouraged 
by what I saw. Now, I also believe he was slowed down by injury. So once he started to put things together, he started to show flashes of being a guy who could be, you know, something to, to deal with for opposing offenses. Evan Deal, not so much so, because, you know, he was making the switch from left tackle to right tackle. He didn't really look comfortable. Um, there were just a lot of things wrong that went wrong for Evan Neal. So for me, the guy that I want to see make the biggest jump from last year's draft class is Evan Neal. And it's really not that close for me because Thibodeau, we saw um, hints of it. Evan Neal, got to see more. All right. And I also think if Evan Neal doesn't take that step forward, um, this offensive line's in trouble for this year. So that's... That's my take on that. But thank you for the question. Okay, now we're going to take a look at our questions that were submitted via Twitter. And this one comes from Bleeding Blue 24 7, excuse me. And he asks if Barkley doesn't get con- his contract done, do you anticipate him sitting out or will he come to camp late? Um, Blue, I don't think Barkley's going to skip the season because if he does, guess what? Everything's going to toll. And he's instead of being eligible to be tagged one more year, he's you know the Giants can tag him indefinitely if they want to. All right, so I don't think he's going to sit out the year. Do I think he will report to training camp late? I could see that happening. I mean, Barkley is probably not going to play a lot in the in the preseason anyway. Um, so I could see him coming into camp with maybe a week or two before the the start of the regular season to start getting into football shape. I think that would be a mistake personally, but I could see that being um, the action that he takes. So, you know, to be honest with you, though, once that July 17th deadline passes to get a deal done, if there is no deal in place, what's sitting out going to do for him? It's not like, you know, there's any more leverage or anything else can be done. And, you know, it's not like the Giants can turn around and say, oh, Saquon, we're going to give you, you know, the contract you want. No, the deadline has passed, so it really doesn't make sense for him not, you know, to hold out a training camp. But I could see it happening out of spite, out of protest, whatever, but I just don't see the point of it. And hopefully he and his agent don't see the point of it. So, all right, Giant fans, coming up, we still have a whole lot more questions. Plus, I'm going to give you that special announcement right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then you got to try a Built Bar or a Built Puff. These tasty treats are healthy and amazing with each bar or in puff covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like eating a candy bar, but without all the fat, carbs, sugar, and guilt. And with Built Bars and Built Puffs, you're getting a generous dose of protein in every serving, about an average of 17 grams. Plus, most bars have about 130 calories and four grams of sugar. And did you know that right now you don't have to wait for your box to ship from built.com anymore? Just pop into your local Sam's Club or Walmart and pick up your box of assorted flavors. If you prefer to customize your box, you can go to built.com, use our special promo code LOCKEDON15 and save 15% off all your favorite flavors. Check them out today. You won't regret it. Built Bars, Built Puffs, and now new Built Crisps. Check them out and thank me later. 
All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. It is a special edition of our listener mailbag. We haven't done one of these really in a long, long time. So I figured let's dust it off and let's get one together. You know, why not? Great way to end a Friday. Uh, great way to end a weekend. So uh, I'm happy to do this with you as always, because your questions are so important to me. And I do, you know, appreciate you writing in and telling me what's on your mind, because it does inspire me for, you know, upcoming show ideas. So appreciate it. All right, before I get into the rest of the questions, I have an announcement, and I'm really excited about this. All right, so um, I'll try and keep it short. A lot of you have asked me, especially on YouTube, Hey, how can we support you further? You know, we listen to the show, you know, you don't charge us for the show. Um, We love the show. You know, when you have the live shows with Tana and dog, you don't have super chats. You don't have, you know, memberships. How can we support you? Well, we have a new initiative here at the Locked On Network that I'm really excited about because it allows me to better connect with my listeners. And basically what it is, it's a monthly text service. So what you what it allows you to do is you can sign up for this text service. And instead of having your emails, especially, you know, a lot of you send me emails, they end up in my spam folder, and I don't see them right away. Or some of you will, will sometimes send me tweets, and I get so many tweets and so many mentions that sometimes I don't see them. This will allow you to directly Get your stuff in front of my eyeballs. Um, and it'll allow me to text back with you. I can send out broadcasts. Uh, so, for example, if I get a piece of breaking news and I want to get it out like that, I can pop onto this text message and broadcast it out to you. So, there's a lot of special features that I can do and want to do with this service. And the details, the full details of this service are in the show notes. So, I do uh, advise you to check it out. But in a nutshell, What we're offering is a free 14-day trial. You have two weeks to try it out and just in time too, because like I said, next week, um, OTA start, media access, and then we're going to have the spring mini camp. So you'll get a free 14-day trial. If you decide you want to continue on, I am offering everybody 50% off their first two months. The regular price per month is $4.99. So for the next two months, if you decide to stay on after your free 14-day trial, your price will be $250 per month. And then after that, it'll be the regular $499 per month uh, text. So basically what I want to do again is I want to put exclusives to the people who subscribe to that. That means priority handling of your questions for mailbags. That means sharing with you, you know, like if I'm doing a one-on-one with a player or a coach or something like that, you get... First look at the at the clips. That means outtakes of the Locked On Giants video podcast and audio and whatnot. So basically, stuff that I'm not going to put on Twitter, stuff that I'm not necessarily going to have on the podcast, stuff that I'm not going to put on Giants Country. This is all stuff exclusively for subscribers. So again, if you are interested in checking it out, there is a free 14 day trial. The details are in the show notes. Do check it out. And I'm going to kick this off next week because, like I said, we have on Thursday the um, the media access to the OTA number three will be there. So I my intention is to try and text to you daily. I'll be able to answer your texts, including one on one. So it won't be a group text per se. I'll be sending out group texts, but if you want to send me a text, 
um, you'll be able to do that. And I'll be able to send back to you one-on-one. So check it out. Info is in the show notes. I'm really excited about this. Um, Tried to keep it as low as as possible. But look, it's also not going to affect what you get from me on the Lockdown Giants podcast. You're still going to get top of the line material as best as I can put it together. So this is just another way, you know, if you want to support the podcast, another way to do so. So uh, check it out. Thank you for your patience. Let's get back to your questions. All right. We're looking at Twitter questions. And uh, let's see. Up next, we have a question from James A. Who writes, does Daniel Jones break 4,000 passing yards and 20 passing TDs this season? And do you think they will run him more sparingly as well? James, on paper, Jones is set up to do all that. You know, he's he's set up to, to maybe have 4,000 passing yards plus and 20 touchdowns. That said, he needs that offensive line to come together. He needs his receivers to stay healthy. He needs to stay healthy. So if I had to put money down on all this right now, I would probably pass and say, let me get through training camp and see how the roster shapes up. What are they putting in place to maybe put Daniel Jones in a position to succeed, to have over 4,000 passing yards? In case you haven't noticed, James, when it comes to making these types of predictions, I'm very conservative because I know from experience that anything and everything can happen. But on paper, there's no reason to think that that won't be. Now, to your second question, do I think that they will run him sparingly? I do think they will cut down on the number of design runs for him. I don't think they will eliminate them altogether. But yeah, I would like to think that they won't have to run him as much as maybe they have in the past. So we'll see if that's the case, but that's how I kind of see that playing out. So thank you for the question. Top G27 is up next. Who do you expect to be our LB2 and safety two besides X and Bobby? Also, who do you expect to have the green dot on defense? Great questions, Top G. Um, linebacker two, for those times the Giants are going to be in, in base, can't rule out Darian Beavers. You know, I, I put an article up on Giants Country about him, and I'm just amazed that a lot of people seem to be forgetting about him. You know, he suffered that ACL injury early on last year in in, uh, training camp. And he went off and he rehabbed. I don't think he rehabbed with the team. He might have rehabbed off on his own um, under the team's guidance, of course. And and yet people seem to keep forgetting about him. This is a kid who who was looking really good before that injury. And for, I think, the role he would be asked to play, which is that downhill thumper, If he's healthy, which I believe he is, I don't see why he can't be the the second linebacker. Now, that said, he's going to compete with Gerard Davis, a guy that last year the Giants wanted and pursued, and eventually they got him. They convinced him to to sign with him off of the, uh, the Lions practice squad. So that's the main competition, I think, for linebacker two. For safety number two, I think you're probably going to see a competition between um, Dane Belton, Bobby McCain, and Jason Pinnock. 
you would think that McCain would have the advantage. I'm not so sure that he's going to. I wonder if perhaps the Giants will do a committee approach at safety. They like their safeties to be versatile. So I'm not so sure that, you know, you're always going to see, for example, uh, Xavier McKinney as the deep safety. Whereas, you know, one of Pinnock, McCain, and Belton are, are the box guys. So I'm curious to see how the snap count works out in the games, but I don't know that it's going to be a, a set guy, you know, like they had with Julian Love. I think they might use this, this opportunity to kind of mix things up a little bit more. So that would be my, my guess there. Um, as far as the green dot on defense, I would think Okereke is going to get it. I think he's going to be an every down backer for them. And I think it makes sense to, if, if that's indeed the case that he gets the green dot. So we'll see if, if that's the case, but uh, that would be my guess. So thanks for the question. All right. Up next, we hear from Joe L. Brooke Vargas. And he asks, what training camp battles are you most looking forward to? Personally, I want to see how John Michael Schmitz does against Sexy Dexy. Wow. Um, Joe, that's actually one of the battles I'd like to see, you know, Schmitz against uh, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. Um, That would be a fun one to watch. Um, I'd like to see how the left guard competition shakes out. You know, you're going to have Ben Bredesen versus Joshua Zudu uh, versus Shane Lemieux. So that's going to be a battle to watch. Um, The receivers versus the cornerbacks, you know, you've got speed improved on both sides of the ball. So who's, who's going to win out on that? I think that's going to be a fun one. And I'd like to see maybe um, the rookie Eric Gray and how he does against the improved Giants run defense, you know, which is going to have obviously uh, in addition to Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, you're going to have a Sean Robinson and Raheem Nunes Roches who are going to be part of that run defense. So those are some of the battles I would say I'm looking forward to just off the top of my head, but training camp's always exciting. And I always like to watch all the battles. So we'll keep you posted on everything for sure. When it gets started. So thanks for the question. All right. Um, up next, we hear from Alex Earp who says, who asks, what about bringing in a punter to compete? You know, Alex, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't, but I really shouldn't be because they did resign Jamie Gillen for to two years which to me says that they're convinced that the gunner play was inconsistent last year, that the coverage wasn't where it needed to be. And the reason for that in part was that, you know, they didn't have a David Tyree type of player or a Keon Crossan type of player, you know, to cover punts. They were also pulling guys off of specials because of the injuries on offense and defense and that left T-Mac with a bunch of guys who had never really played special teams before in college. So, you know, there was only so much he could do. Now, I'm not saying that T-Mac was, was blameless in this. And I think he will be the first to tell you that he wasn't blameless in it, that he had a coach better. But there were circumstances that contributed to the breakdown in the coverage, uh, not just the punts, but also kickoffs. So... I believe, and this is just a wild guess, because the kickoff coverage wasn't very good either. And nobody's screaming for Graham Gano to be, you know, to have competition. I think the Giants might have felt that, okay, you know, 
Let's get more depth on special teams. Let's get better quality coverage guys. And maybe we'll be able to get by with what we've got. So that's my guess there. Thanks for the question. All right, folks, we've got a few more to go. We're going to get to those right after this. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, and I am uh, answering your questions on today's Locked On Giants podcast. So I miss doing this, guys. I really do. I know, I've again, I've done it here and there for a segment or two, but to sit down and do you know, a whole show's worth of questions. Gosh, this is, this is just a treat for me. So thank you all for sending in your questions. going to get right back to them. All right. Uh, this one actually came in via my uh, Instagram account at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. By the way, you'll want to be following me for videos and stuff, especially again, next week, OTA start, and I will be there. Uh, so this one comes from Nico Cruz who says, um, I know it's negotiations, but when it came to Dexter or other players, Joe Shane wanted to keep, you could read his emotions and responses as positive. I feel whenever 26 is brought up, it's much more cold, short, and not really positive. Do you believe Joe wants to bring back Barkley or does he feel obligated due to maybe upper management's wishes to keep him around and being the face of the franchise? Great question, Nico. I'm very perceptive, actually. I don't think... Um, Joe Shane's uh, perceived coldness is a direct reflection of whether he wants Barkley back or not. I think it's more of a reflection of the frustration with dealing with Barkley's representation. You know, the negotiations with Dexter, from what I understand, went smoothly. Once Daniel's agent was resolved, you know, once he made the switch, they went fairly smoothly. There was communication. From what I have heard, Barkley's side and the Giants haven't had as frequent communication. That there doesn't seem to be as much of a priority right now for the for something to get done. That they're basically you know waiting for the other side to cave. So I suspect it's not that Joe doesn't want Barkley back. I think he's more frustrated with the situation and how it's kind of played out. So you were correct in your perception that Joe was maybe aggravated or frustrated, but it's not for the reason you think. And quite frankly, you know, I don't blame him if that's the case, because look, you're never going to get things done. If the two sides dig in and there's not a give and take, there has to be a give and take. And you just kind of get the impression that there hasn't been, in this particular contract negotiation. So that's what I think uh, where the frustration is, is coming from. So thanks for that question. I'm glad I checked my Instagram in between breaks here. Otherwise I would have missed that question. So thank you, uh, Nico, for that question. All right. Um, next question comes from, uh, let's see, 1970s McDonald Playground, I think this is, by a Twitter, um, who wrote in an attached video, said, not sure if you saw the draft day video posted by Deontay Banks, but what are your thoughts about him driving recklessly without his seatbelt and texting while driving? Um, all right, I've looked at the video and here's what I'll say about that. Me personally, I always wear my seatbelt. I try to drive carefully. 
and I try not to text when I'm driving. That's me. That being said, do we know that that video wasn't edited to where maybe there were segments where the camera was focused on him and he was texting and maybe he wasn't driving as fast? Um, do we know he was you know, stopped by a, a police officer or whatnot? I mean, videos can be edited. Um, they can, you know, they don't, you know, unless it's the raw video, it, it, it's hard to say. Now, I do not advocate texting and driving because I've, um, I've, I've come close to getting hit by people who are doing that. I do not advocate riding without a seatbelt. Matter of fact, if you're going to ride in the car with me, you wear your seatbelt or you walk. That's my rule. Um, but I'm also not going to sit here and judge people. Anyway, thank you for the question. All right. Um, Go Blue has a question. Since Jalen Hyatt and Eric Gray played a year together at Tennessee, do you think the Giants may experiment with the run and shoot? And is there an advantage to having teammates that play together in college? Um, the first part of your question about the run and shoot, I don't think the Giants are going to totally throw out what they have done. To, you know, just to implement, you know, a, a whole new concept. I, I, I just don't see that. Is there an advantage to teammates having played together in college? There could be, you know, there's familiarity. So certainly, you know, you come to work for the first day or two. And if you know each other, you know, you have a familiar face there. But I want to say that was what, uh, a few years ago, two or three years ago. So I, I don't know if there's that much of an advantage in this case. I don't know how close Jalen Hyatt and Eric Gray were if they ran in the same social circles. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to say it's a stretch, but it could be a stretch. So still good question. Different. So I appreciate that. All right. Uh, Base 30 asks, um, let me see. I really think Daniel Jones can, truly be a top eight to 10 passer in this league with the additions of talent through the, through the draft and free agency. What do you think base? I'm always optimistic. I would like to think that Daniel Jones is going to take that next step. I need to see it. And I'm not saying that because I'm, I'm skeptical about him. I need to see, does that offensive line come together? Do those receivers and tight end Darren Waller, all of whom or most of whom have injury histories, do they stay on the field? You know, if everything is perfect, then sure, Daniel can take that next step and maybe finish as a, you know, as, as a top 10 passer. But if something goes astray and knocks the train off the tracks, then, you know, all bets are off. So, again, I, when it comes to predicting these things, I'm really not good at it because I know that there are circumstances that can influence how things work out. And I just think you need to be cautious with that. But, look, am I optimistic? Absolutely. So, fingers crossed because it means more money for Daniel. It means more wins for the Giants and more smiles amongst the fan base and an easier time for me on Monday or the day after a game 
when I log on to Twitter and I have to answer questions and, and respond to fans and also talk to the fans via the new chat system that uh, we're rolling out next week. So fingers crossed. Okay. Um, one more. I have one more question. And this person, I didn't get a name for this person, but I thought this was kind of an interesting one. And I wanted to save this question for last. Um, the person wrote, I've noticed that the Giants haven't featured Saquon Barkley in any of their recent marketing or promotional materials. Do you find that odd? The answer is no. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to give you a, a little insight into uh, contracts here. There is a clause in the standard player contract that grants the team permission to use the player's likeness in promotional marketing materials. Right now, Saquon Barkley does not have a signed contract. He's been tagged, yes, but he hasn't signed it. So technically, he is not under contract to the team. He is not considered an employee of the team. And therefore, he can't even show up in the building, you know, because he's not considered part of the team. He's not considered a sub, you know, a contract employee. As such, the team cannot use his likeness currently in marketing materials because they don't have that signature on the deal. So that is why you do not see Saquon appearing in any marketing material for the Giants. They are allowed to have his um, his 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 name, I believe, and maybe his picture mentioned. I think they have him as reserve franchise tag or something like that on the roster page. But for marketing purposes, no, can't do it because he hasn't signed the tag and or a contract. So ergo, that's why uh, you don't see him being used um, in marketing materials. So it's not a conspiracy. It's not a sign of, oh, my God, the Giants are planning to get rid of him or they're mad at him or whatever the case may be. That is the reason why um, that they cannot uh, that they're not using Saquon in marketing materials. So that was a really good question. And I thank you for that because um, it was an opportunity to tell you a little bit about the terms of a standard contract. All players basically sign the same contract. The contract does get modified, obviously, with the dollar amounts, signing bonuses, incentives, and so forth. And every once in a while, there's like an addendum added to a contract. Like sometimes a player might luck out and they might be assured um, sweet seats in a stadium or something like that. But for the most part, every single NFL player, the, the, the standard boilerplate language in, in a contract is the same for just about every NFL player. So, and that includes marketing. So I hope that answers your question. Everybody, I want to thank you all for the great questions. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Thank you to my everydayers, my newcomers, everybody in between. Check out the show notes again for that for the details on the new tech service. I'm really, really excited about that. Looking forward to communicating with you guys and gals one-on-one wherever I can uh, to whoever reaches out to me. So check that out. And we will see you on Monday, Giant fans, with all new episodes of the Lockdown Giants podcast. Have a fantastic weekend.